Welcome, Techheads. It's episode 349 of the weekly Aussie Techheads. How are you going? It's, uh, what's the date today? The 11th of July. Happy birthday <laughs> to whoever's having a birthday today. And uh, yeah, it's another episode of great tech news. We've got, I've got a lot of Aussie stories tonight, which will make everyone happy, I'm sure. All right, thanks to aussietechheads.com.au forward slash hosting because uh, they bring us the bandwidth and allow us to pipe it all through the internet to your little device. So good on those aussietechheads.com.au forward slash hosting guys, doing us a great service. And also usbonthego.com.au. So we'll have, we've got a competition and uh, we'll get back to usbonthego.com.au shortly. All right. Uh, uh, what else have we got to do before we pretty much get into the stories? We've got to say hello to some hosts. Don't we? All right, and uh, let's start off with Jason. Hello, Jason. How are you going? Hi, Glenn. I'm going well. Hey, Shane. Hey, Glenn. How's things this week? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Um, it, it just doesn't seem like a week since I've been talking to you, but that's because I haven't. <laughs> I've talking to you last. <laughs> that's what... So you it was on Tuesday night for that, Aussie Max Zone. That's right. You might like you might know Jason from uh, Aussie Max Zone on Tuesday nights. Uh, if you're watching this live. Uh, same place, Tuesday night, 7.30, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live. And thanks to all the guys in the lounge for, for tuning into both shows each week. All right, and over there in Perth, on the other side of this continent, we've got J- uh, Shane. How are you doing, Shane? I'm good, 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 all good. Um, had the, as I was saying before the show, had the, um, had the day off a bit, feeling a bit under the weather earlier today, but I've had the um had the drugs. I'm I'm good to go for the next couple of hours. Oh, that's good. That's good. I hope there's <laughs> I hope there's no uh, emergency exits. So <laughs> had the, a I'll bit... put up my be back soon sign if I have to go anywhere. <laughs> bit of the Harold Parks, I think. All right. <laughs> so uh, we will start off with you, Shane. You've got your tech. What's happened in tech history today? Thanks to Tom Merritt's chrono- tech chronology. I love it when you fumble over that word. Oh, chronology, chronology, <laughs> chronology. <laughs> okay, hit us, hit, us up, hit us up with one. All right, we'll start with July 5th, 1954. The BBC broadcast its first daily television news bulletin. Richard Baker read a 20-minute bulletin, uh, billed as an illustrated summary of the news. 1954, wow. That's a long time ago. It was because when did we have um, we had TV started here in what nineteen fifty? It was for the Olympics. It was nineteen fifty five, nineteen fifty six. Oh right, yeah. Because I know I think the longest running TV show is that Coronation Street or something that started in about sixty two. But yeah, fifty four. That's that's going back. That's uh, that's pretty much before the reign of the king Elvis. I think his heyday was fifty seven. But anyway, uh, what 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 else have we got? Uh, yeah, moving on. July 7, 1981, the first solar-powered aircraft, Solar Challenger, flew 163 miles from Corneal en Verden Airport, wherever <laughs> that is, uh, north of Paris. So, sorry for all the French people. Um, across the English Channel to Manston Royal Air Force Base, <clears throat> south of London, staying aloft for five hours and 23 minutes. Cool. That's what we want to see. In 1981, so I'm, I'm sure they're going to be, they should be beating those sort of records by now. I see there's a car... I'm not sure a solar-powered car. There's that uh, race in Australia somewhere that's coming up pretty soon. That they that race across Australia or something in these solar-powered cars. They reckon they're going to break some records this year. So uh, we'll watch out for that. And what else have you got? Uh, moving on, July 11, 1979. I thought we did a Skylab thing a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, July 11, 1979, the US space station Skylab returned to Earth, shattering uh, debris over the Indian Ocean and the west and the coast of 
Indian Ocean and Western Australia. Sorry about that. I actually happen to have a chunk of that somewhere. Really? I think you were saying that to us yeah. before, weren't you? Telling us about all that. That's why I, I remembered the story, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we, we might have doubled up. Uh, well, what else is there? There's the, oh, yeah, the Skylab. That's what I remember. I remember when I was a little kid, uh, yeah, that everyone was saying, oh, Skylab's falling, the sky's falling, and uh, we were thinking, hope it doesn't fall on me. All right. So, I'll, 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 um, I'll do, I'll oh, do okay. one more just yep. to c- continue on with the, um, the uh, what do they call it, when one show advertises another? Cross? Promotion? Cross. Yeah, that's it. Cross That'll promotion. <laughs> <laughs> July 11, 2008. Apple's second phone, the iPhone 3G, went on sale <laughs> featuring 3G data connectivity. Oh, there you go. And what about July 9, 1979? Voyager 2 made its closest approach to Jupiter, coming within 570,000 kilometres. Oh, you love it. All right. Yeah, just down the road. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, let's get on with some stories now. Look, I've got a, the first story I've got to kick off with is uh, HP apparently got fined $3 million. And uh, they've been doing some dodgy warranty advice and all this sort of stuff. I think we might have touched on this uh, a little while ago when uh, probably they were, you know, heading to court, but now they've actually been fined. Uh, One of the ways HP went wrong was telling retailers it was not liable for refunds or replacements unless the transaction received prior authorization. So I think what what the story is there was that they were making it harder or making it hard for consumers to actually return their product. You know, oh, you've got to have prior authorization, you've got to have this blah, blah, blah. And obviously, you know, after a while, you go, it's not worth it. So anyway, that was that they got in trouble for that. Uh, in the event of a major major fault of a product, the, the customer is entitled to return the goods for replacement or refund, and HP only offered replacement after repeated repairs. So... Yes, so I guess you know if you had a li- if you bought a little tablet from them or something or something relatively cheap, there's only much trouble you're going to go to, isn't there, to uh, to try and get this thing taken back? Uh, they also ran yeah. in, into trouble for making representations that remedies for consumers were limited to the express warranty period. Look, the story goes on that they got into a bit of trouble, uh, but at the end of the day, the uh, the Australian law provisions. Uh, as, with some exceptions, goods or services costing up to $40,000 are deemed to be consumer transactions so, uh, and then protected under the consumer, Australian consumer law. So, look, if, if you've got an issue, it's probably worth a read. There's some more information. Just go to the show notes and uh, you can link your way through further information if you want to learn more about that subject. Uh, the show notes, of course, at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast and navigate your way to the Aussie Tech Head show notes. Uh, did you guys have any comments on HP? Have you guys had any experiences or anything like that with um, issues? Or all pretty good? No, not, not personally, no. But I, look, I guess this comes in with a lot of stories at the moment around, uh, I guess, large tech companies. And there was in the EU where... I guess they're very hot on their uh, consumer laws around having three years worth of uh, protection, you know, and similarly tech companies trying to to get around that. So mm. it's probably good to see that uh, the companies are being held accountable well, for, I think, you know, yeah. if you sell something dodgy, I mean, you need to, if it's a lemon, you mm. should be re- replacing it and not dodging around yeah, the facts. that's so, right. And I think one of the most important parts with this particular case was to make it, not not to obstruct or to make it harder for for consumers to actually return and or get this thing repaired. Uh, I think Apple was 
were they in a little bit of trouble? Because they, they've got their, they advertise their one year warranty, but I think under the Australian law, it has to be two years or something like it that. It has to be two years. That, yeah. that, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. So I think they're still going with the one year thing, aren't they, on all their, their stuff? I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, that's right. So look, look, I've actually, I've got an issue with something that I've bought, not, nothing technical related, but this after reading this, I'm, I'm going to look into further, uh, enlighten myself with my consumer rights. <laughs> And see if I can uh, do something, because yeah, I think I've been ripped off about three hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, but anyway, let's see how we go. All right, uh, Shano, did you have any stories? Uh, I do. Yeah, I don't know. Um, just before we move on from the HP thing, I don't know whether your story covered it, but the one that I picked out had a like a paragraph or a um, statement from HP saying, in a contrite statement, HP, which was has an annual turnover of more than one hundred twenty billion, said, "We deeply regret." that in the instance identified by the ACCC, HP fell short of our core commitment to high standards of service for Australian consumers who purchased our HP-branded desktop computers, laptops and printers, uh, and for our duties under the Australian consumer laws. So, yeah, just well, boo-hoo. <laughs> boo. <laughs> well, $3 million, thanks, Jack. So, uh, yeah, cough up. All right, uh, <laughs> where are you heading to now? Um, I'm going to go with my uh, HTC One finally gets its Android 4.2.2 upgrade, sort of. After promising for ages and then delaying it and then killing it off and on other phones like the One S, HTC has finally come through with an Android 4.2.2 update uh, for the much-loved HTC One, which is the phone that I've got. What a cracking point! Uh, what a cracking point update it is too, because I assist a bit of commentary by the person who wrote it. The free update is available now over the air, although you might have to uh, download a small bug fix first um, that actually allows you to update it. You didn't really kind of elaborate on what that bug so fix you, was. So you've updated and yours? No, that's why I kind of made the sort of comment. I have right. tried ever since I found this story to do an update, but every time I do it, it says that update's not available. So I can only assume that Telstra is holding it up. Yes, yes, they do that sort of tricky things just to make you suffer and want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right, so that's uh, HTC software updates. Okay, cool. I remember when I had my Samsung, oh, I was with Virgin, and uh, oh, they were so slow bringing the updates out, I tell you. So very, very slow. But anyway, uh, no, no more Samsung for me. I've got the Apple 5. Yippee. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jace, did you want to pick one of the stories out and uh, hit it? Well, I've got one that uh, came through in the last couple of days uh, around the Apple eBook trial that's oh. been going on over in the US. Yes. So it's all around where Apple launched their... Uh, ebook store, and they were taken to court around price fixing or conspiring to price fix with five mm. of the major publishers. So it pretty much centres around the fact that with the, well, I guess before the Apple iBook store came into into ebook store came into um, uh, existence. Mm. There was probably, uh, I think, 90% of the market was with uh, Amazon. And, you know, it would be seen as a positive thing that you have another player in the market. I, I think it centres around the fact, though, that Apple, in their normal price sharing, you know, whether it be m movies, music, 
and for books has that 30 you know they, they take that 30 percent um uh margin yeah. and the the um distributor or the uh, you know other the people Publisher. that uh, provide the content that's yeah. that's what i'm looking for yes. uh get that uh gets uh you know get 70 percent mm. But uh, Apple also have a rule that you can't pay more in the Apple Store than you would anywhere else. Oh. So I, I guess that's where it came in that Amazon were famously discounting, you know, books. Yes. And I think, you know, around trying to sell their Kindles. And, you know, it's rumoured in some cases they're actually selling the books for uh, less than uh, they were paying the publishers for them. Yeah. So I guess where Apple came in and uh, did deals with the publishing companies, in signing those deals, they couldn't sell it for more in the Apple store than they did on Amazon. So the prices at Amazon went up over that, that, that period. So... Yeah, so that's what the Department of Justice is suggesting that it was uh, to do with yeah collusion, price fixing, and consumers were disadvantaged there. Because I think some somewhere I was reading that the Apple Store, uh, Amazon was selling the books for nine ninety nine, and then on the ebook store they were about twelve ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine on the Apple Store. So I guess for what I can make out of it, and is that Apple has got together with all these publishers. And they've said, all right, well, I'm not sure if, have they, did they, from your readings, or do you know, did they have, did they want an exclusive arrangement with these publishers? So therefore, these uh, particular publishers that they say were colluding with, uh, they couldn't then sell onto the Amazon? Was that how that was working? Do you know? No, no. So I mean, that would be, you know, restraint of trade and that, and that would be Mm. very naughty. (laughs) It it, it wasn't... (laughs) I, I don't think it was around uh, that at all. It was pretty much if you want to sell in our store, mm. we'll take thirty percent. Yep. But to make us attractive, you can't sell the same product for less anywhere else. You know, be it at a, in another store, be it in a, right. you know, be it a virtual or, or, or physical. Yep. So naturally, what would you know? What what happened is, I guess if. The publishers coming in and selling it for twelve or fourteen dollars mm. because Apple wants their thirty yep. percent. They still want to make their re- reasonable cut. Then that was then dictated in, to, in order to be in the Apple Store. They had to into Amazon. Uh, sell to Amazon for yep. more to right. the agreement. So I yep. guess in that convoluted way, that's probably why it was there. But mm. Apple are going to appeal the decision, and I guess on the basis of us saying, "Well, we." didn't get everyone together. We didn't even speak to some of these manufacturers. We simply set down the rules of here's what's required to enter our store. Yeah. The publishers followed those rules and, you know, look what, what happened is, uh, um, you know, what happened. It was beyond, you know, mm. our control. We didn't we didn't fix it. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. Well, I, I can't see that there. Yeah, look, I, I was I was tending towards the other uh, another opinion there uh, before I understood that properly as you've just explained but look I, I can't see how apple can can expect to win i don't think they should win that i think that um you know the the publishers because they've already been fined and i think they've already paid uh their 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 money and so now apple the has, publishers weren't no the publishers weren't fined uh, all the publishers settled out of court right, so yeah. there was actually no 
finding made there. Right. Um, reading suggests, though, that Apple have a reasonably strong case in, 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 in appeal because it's around the decision, did Apple conspire to price mm. fix? But I suppose, um, but I suppose then the publishers could say, and this is where I suppose it gets tricky because Apple is so big. But they could say, "Well, we'll stuff you, Apple. You know, we're not, we don't want that contract. So and keep selling to Amazon." But then, yeah, because Apple's so big, they they, they got to hit Apple because they're going to hit millions more probably users around the world. So that's probably where the the double-edged sword sort of comes into it, isn't it? So that's um, yeah. Look, it's going to be that because you'll say, "Well, what's reasonable?" Mm. We did observe prices going up, but again, it's around it, it's law. So have Apple broken the law there? And it's around did they did they conspire? Did they pr- price fix? And there again, there is opinion that well, they didn't actually conspire to do it. Mm. It may have been an effect of them setting up their ebook store that it occurred. But they didn't get everyone together and say, "Hey, here's the price." Yeah. Um, you know, they would argue that people were free to participate in their store, uh, and uh, they were well, they were aware of the rules. And if they didn't want to participate, they didn't have to. Mm. So also, so it will be yeah. yeah. I was going to say, Shane, did you have any input on that, or are you happy just to be? be? Um, <laughs> I, I can I can see both sides of the argument. I can see sort of Apple saying, "Well, you know, these are the rules, and you know, no one put a gun to their head. They signed up to them, and it just happened to be a happy byproduct of how that kind of came about." Um, at the same time, yeah, I know what you're saying, Glenn, is that Apple's big, but they're not like a, a in this particular industry anyway. I don't think they're like a, a Telstra is in the in our communications industry there. Mm. They're, well, they're not yeah. even like an Apple is in the music industry, because um, I think you know, well, Amazon beforehand had ninety percent. So if you're looking for a dominant player, right. yeah, that, that that was it. It'd be them, yeah, mm. yeah. Interesting, interesting. Because also, uh, Apple is also remember they got this lawsuit with uh, Sam's with uh, with Amazon as well. So on one hand, they're they it's, it's like give and take, isn't it? So that, that they want to they're, they're marching up to the lawyers' office saying we want we want to continue an appeal with this ebook thing, but on the other on the other side of the office, they've given in to the App Store lawsuit. So I don't know if you remember that Apple didn't want Amazon using App Store. As uh, as the name of the Amazon App Store, so that all um... yeah, and that's that's App Store as one word, as opposed to App Space Store, which oh. Apple use. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> I think uh... oh, so. It's Amazon. It is. It's different. <laughs> Apple began selling. It's, so so Apple, Apple, Apple settled um, uh, in, in in that one. And uh, look, I'm thinking, given the statement they made, which was, well, you know, with selling 50 billion apps, everyone knows where to. Come and get their apps. That's right. And you know, they, I think they, they pretty much the um, Amazon App Store maybe not doing so well. Um, you know, Apple sort of um, but, but, didn't see it as much of a threat. I'm, I'm and gathering, and, and also, yeah, obviously, <laughs> you think that they considered they were most probably going to lose the case. Yeah, but and they're they're selling different products anyway. So what gives? You know, they're totally different. Yeah. Uh, and, go, go there for your iOS apps, yeah. So I think consumers yeah. make, make the difference, uh, you know, can tell the difference there. And, and um, uh, Apple Store is five years old this week as well, I, I hear. So uh, happy birthday to the it is. App Store. Well, that actually, we're in chain stories. Um, the um, launch of the 3G iPhone was actually the launch of the App Store, so mm. 
if you remember the first iPhone and Steve Jobs was all around, no, no, don't, don't need to do apps. It's all going to be around uh, web apps. <laughs> yeah, right. That, uh, <laughs> that it all turned around yeah, uh, a year smart. later. And mm. look, there's speculation whether that was always the plan because at the end of the day, you'd have to suggest that Apple have done pretty well out of, you know, if they're getting to 50 billion apps. Yeah. Uh, early on, they were saying, you know, they were just breaking even on it, but you would think on that type of volume that oh. there'd be a little bit of coin in that now for them. Oh, I'm sure, that, I'm sure there's a little bit in there. Uh, Apple began selling applications uh, in its app store since July 2008. Amazon launched Amazon App Store for Android in March 2011, and that is with a space. That's right, without a space. That's right, with for Amazon without a space. Apple began the lawsuit last... Began the lawsuit... That month, in March 2011, we no longer see a need to pursue our case, an Apple spokeswoman, Kirsten Huguet, said. With more than 900,000 apps and 50 billion downloads, as Jason said, uh, people know where they can go. I'm sure they do. Um, Steve would have told them too. <laughs> Amazon know where they can go too. <laughs> Amazon uh, countered that the term app space store had become so generic that using it would mis- would not mislead customers, I think is... Fair. I think that's fair. I think that is very fair. It's, it is but, generic. But what's happened there anyway, though, guys? Because, I mean, if you look at where everything's advertised, it's get it in the App Store and Google Play. So yeah, that's right. Has, I, I don't think, you know, the Amazon App Store is really going anywhere. I think it missed the, uh, missed missed the, the boat. boat. Yeah, and uh, look, Steve Jobs, Tim Cook, they haven't done themselves any favours. In a, in a court filing that even uh, that chief... Executive Tim Cook had used the term generically in discussing the number of app stores out there, while Steve Jobs had talked about the four app stores on Android. So, um, yeah, generic term. There's probably a little bit of talk as guys, around, you know, if Steve was around, would Steve let that go? You know, no. is Tim more, <laughs> Tim more, yeah, Tim a little bit more realistic, saying, look, let there's not much point in throwing money and time in, you know, doing this, let's move on to other things where That's right. Steve was very passionate about these things, wasn't he? And just, <laughs> he was. He was. Just kept going and going. So yes. maybe that's a bit of a reflection too upon uh, Tim's attitude to things. Mm. All right. Now, uh, Shane, whereabouts, what, are you got another story for us? I do. I'm going to go with, drum roll. I'm going to keep going with um, people doing dodgy things. Oh. Google and others, yeah, I should probably put a disclaimer around that before they see me. Um, Google and others reportedly pay Adblock Plus to show uh, you ads anyway. If you work for a company that depends on advertising revenue when you um, hear people talk and often using Adblock Plus, um, but it's something that millions of consumers probably can't imagine their internet browsing without at this point. Uh, it goes on to say that um, it managed to uh, this Adblock Plus managed to block out most ads and websites, providing a relatively clean experience. That sometimes night and day from the standard web browsing. Uh, the thing is that some ads uh, do go through. The Google at least appears to be paying to make, oh, uh, look. make it happen, according to uh, a report. Uh, prompting lots of discussion on Hacker News. It'll be all in the terms and conditions. You know, it would be it all is, there. It would be all there. It would be. Yeah, so it would be I've something. Got a, I was going to say, I've got a snippet here where it says, Google provides um, search advertising services which together aim to organise and monetise 
the world's information. In addition to the uh, dominant search engine, it offers a plethora of online tools and platforms, including Gmail, Maps, YouTube and Google+, Plus. the company's extensions into social space. Most of its web-based products are free, funded by Google highly into integrated online advertising platforms, AdWords and AdSense. Google promotes the idea of advertising and should be highly targeted and relevant to users thus providing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't use an ad blocker. Oh, I can't be bothered <laughs> to the truth. Um, do you guys, uh, Shane, do you use an ad blocker? Or, no. No. Jace, Jason, do you use ad blockers? No. No. no if you guys like conspiracy theories, there's one going on, and it was around all the PRISM stuff, you know, and uh, uh, NSA stuff and that in the, in the US, you know, in the, over the last couple of weeks, mm. that around using things like, ad blockers and where you're talking terms and conditions, it's speculated that strictly, well, not speculated, strictly speaking, that's probably breaking terms and conditions of use of uh, websites. And so if, if people were looking for, yes. or government agencies were looking for a reason to arrest you and hold you and uh, <laughs> do all sorts of things, it could be as simple as um, um, saying, aha, you had an ad blocker in installed. Yes. That's, that's illegal, so now we can hold you and question you, and it's a matter of national security. So, yeah, look, uh, I think there's a lot of stories around rampant around all of the stuff with the NSA collecting uh, in information. Oh, I think I, I have, I'm not, you know, I'm, I have used ad blockers in the past. I think the last time I used an ad blocker was when I was on dial up. Because I didn't want I didn't want all the flash ads downloaded on my precious little thirteen meg an hour uh, dial up system. So yeah, that's when I used it. But uh, customers, uh, customs, ACMA cracked down on illegal jammers. How's that? Not the dance. Don't like that type of music. Yeah, that's right. They don't, the, they don't like those dances. We don't be liking your music. <laughs> so uh, what this is all about is phone jamming. So a crackdown on mobile and GPS jammers, I've never heard of GPS jammers, has resulted in the seizure of almost a hundred of the devices over seven months. I thought there'd be thousands more than that, surely thousands. The Australian Customs and Border Protection Service Mail Carriers, Australia Post, and the Australian Communications and Media Authority have worked together on a campaign to restrict the importation of prohibited jammers into Australia. Um, but yeah, so, so ACMA had previously singled out the device as a priority area for compliance uh, in, in 12.13. So how do you like them, Apples? The operation, the, op, the operation, possession or supply of the illegal devices could result in jail time of up to two years, penalty, penalties of up to 255000 for companies, further a five-year jail sentence and penalties of, what's that, 850000 could result to... That's not that's just pretty serious, and mm. just if you're thinking of importing things that use, you know, restricted um, spectrum, uh, I've seen stories and you know, factual stories of, of um, uh, you know, uh, broadcast type of, you know equipment in in the spectrum that's you know you're not allowed to right. um, be in. That yeah. they go and hunt that down, and they have their bans and detection and they go knocking on people's doors to go and do that so they're, they're pretty serious around that and especially if it's you know imposing upon emergency services mm. spectrum oh, yes. around mobile phone spectrum and that so mm. this is one thing that they that is policed uh reasonably closely and they uh they do actually as well as looking for the devices if they're actually uh operating it and you know like carriers see that it's 
you know, they're able to detect there's something weird going on. Uh, that stuff gets looked into yeah. um, pretty pretty quickly. Well, I would I didn't think that, that they were like. I knew that they probably were illegal to the consumer or to me and you, but I thought that they were had some leeway with uh, certain organisations, shall I say. I know... If you're a spy. <laughs> yes, that's right. If you, I, I remember when President, was it Bush, came to Australia. I know Sydney was blocked. They had jammers going around Sydney and, and block Sydney. And but also, I thought, and the reason why I thought that I, it was a bit, uh, bit um, easier for certain organisations is: Have you ever like gone to the footy or something, and you can't get a signal? Is that just because there's just a, 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 a mass amount of people trying to use the one tower, or have they actually blocked? Yes. Or have they blocked you? Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. So, so it is, but you wouldn't think well, that. Where, where they should have it is in, in friggin' movie theatres. That's where yeah. they should have it, Jammers. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, well, why would you go to the movies, and especially what you pay these days to go to the movies, and you're yeah. sitting there your doing phone. your Facebook or SMSing or yeah, taking a phone call? I know. Yeah, don't you find it incredible that people just have to answer their mobile phone? You go, let it ring. They'll ring back, man. Just let it go. <laughs> like, like you we'll turn be... it off, even. Yes. <laughs> Right, I turn mine off if I'm if I'm with, if I'm with someone or doing something. Like, I don't have to answer it. I'll just let it go. Like, I just don't go. Oh, you could be on. you could be expecting an important tweet. You just never know. Well, you don't know. You don't. You you really <laughs> don't know. Uh, but apparently, just speaking of, um, I was going to say before we move on from the movie thing, mm. has anyone seen the movie that's apparently out? Although I've not actually seen it advertised anywhere apart from, um, you know, just occasionally on TV. Uh, the movie about WikiLeaks. No. We Steal Secrets, no. I think it's called, and it's a docudrama thingy about, you know, WikiLeaks and, and what's his name, Julian Assange. And, yeah, right. Um, oh, is that... It's supposed to be really good, but... Is that in the theatres? Well, I've seen it advertised as though it's been in the theatres, but I've had a look yeah. at IMDb and all that kind of stuff, and I can't I'm actually see... I'm not sure if it's out yet. I've seen it, seen it advertised. Um, mm. There was... A, there was it came out on the fourth. There's like a little mini-series thing on Channel 10. I watched that one. That was a while ago, a little while ago. There was something on Channel 10. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, this is a movie thing. Yeah, yeah, radio. Uh, but just just to finish off on the mobile phones, apparently technology has been granted exemption uh, via legislation uh, to be used as a trial in New South Wales prisons. Apparently they're fed up with the, with the cooks ringing on mobile phones. <laughs> uh, the trial is to commence in July. <laughs> yeah, uh, which, which jail? Lithgow Jail. There you go. Uh, forms part of an effort to clamp down on illegal mobile phone use in Australian prisons. How do they get in? Up the pooper. Oh, I don't know. The trial is... I think there's lots of things like that that happen. Um, I mean, there's stories of like with drugs and that with uh, people outside with like tennis balls and things like that that lob them into mm. the uh, prison, prison grounds. So oh, I guess, you know, if there's a desire, there's always a way of uh, well, getting it in. There's nothing that can't be learned from watching Prisoner, can it? On uh, that's where, right. <laughs> where's that on? What channel's that? It's on some channel. Uh, it's Fox Triple One hits. There you go. <laughs> it's on Triple One hits every night. <laughs> Tune into that. Well, there's a new one now as well. They made a new one. That's, Wentworth, isn't that was it? Right. I, I, I haven't seen that, but I watched that. that rebooted. Was, it was. That was like the Max Zone. Yeah, it was. It was. It was <laughs> great. <laughs> see them. See them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now uh, USB. On the. Where are we? 
Here we go. US, USBonthego.com.au. Thanks very much. Uh, sponsors of the show. And uh, every week, we've got a little giveaway to give away. And previous weeks, we've given away little on-the-go cables. And this week, we're going to give away a car charger, USB car charger. And all you had to do was place a comment under the USB post that I put up there on the Facebook each week. Tell us why you want a charger. And you could be the lucky person. And this week's lucky person is Jason and last name starting with R. So you know who you are. I won't say your full name, Damn. Jason. But <laughs> I thought it might have been me. So uh, look, I'll contact you uh, via Facebook or whatever means necessary, and uh, we'll, we'll get in contact with you, and we'll get usbonthego.com.au to send you out one of those little car charges. Uh, yeah, so these guys, that they're around in... Uh, they, they, they're around... <laughs> In Sydney, I think. Uh, I, I, better, I don't know if that's right or not. I think they're in Sydney. But anyway, they're in Australia, and they provide all these little gadgets and cables and stuff. Free postage. Uh, look, you've got you've got bundles. So if you, you know, you're not happy with one little thing, you can go a bundle. Uh, what On-the-go accessories. Here we go. C- memory card readers. Oh, look at this one. There's something here. I don't even know what it is myself. It's a root custom ROM. Micro, oh, there you go. What, what's in there? Uh, micro jig for micro USB on the go jig for custom ROM booting. Well, there you go. Have a look at that one. All right, but there's everything there, that, as you can see on the screen there. Uh, for those on the video, we've got some cables. You can plug in a a, a, a card reader, uh, you know, and a couple of other things. But the, the I'll tell you, the little car chargers are the way to go. I've got one in each of my cars, and look, they are great. Charge the iPhone, no problems, and, uh, you know, cheap as chips, cheap as chips. You can get them on eBay for a, uh, a lot more, and also you go into JB Hi-Fi, they're about 30 bucks. So uh, usbonthego.com.au, go and uh, check them out. And while you're checking things out, what about the Aussie Tech Radio uh, com. We've got heaps of little shows coming on board. You can hear the replay of this show, the Aussie Max Zone, uh, techwebcast.info, the Boys of Tech, the Geeksphere TV. There's a few shows on there now. Too many to to roll off. Just too many. I, I can't think of them all. There's just so many. But if you'd like your show, if you've got a podcast and you'd like your show on the AussieTechRadio.com, which is just a shoutcast uh, server, which means it's just a server that pushes out the shows, radio, audio shows, uh, send me an email, glenn at aussietechheads.com.au, and we'll be sure, we'd, we'd love to put you in the lineup. Uh, if it's a tech, tech-related show, we'd love to put you in the lineup. And also, if you've got a podcast, let us know, and uh, especially if it's video, and we might be able to get, uh, get you a replay before the live show, our live show on Thursday nights as well. All right, cool. Uh, where else? I'll tell you, this is, look, listen to this story here. Would you like your super invested in bitcoins? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think so somehow. But not is there. Look, I've learned another term as well. It's not only bitcoins. There's also these things called light coins, L-I-T-E coins. Now, these light coins, uh, these are, is, is the silver to bitcoins gold. So it's worth less and it's accepted by less <laughs> Physical businesses, oh, it's selling me, and I'm getting there, as a form of payment. A Bitcoin is currently worth about $72, while Litecoins are valued at approximately $2.40. Oh, rush out and buy some of those. Uh, now, this mob, Gnos, 
no, g- Gnosis. Why do the people have names you can't even say? G- <laughs> g- so anyway, some fund starting with G is a self-managed fund created by Daniel Brown, the founder of SharePoint Consultancy. Yep, that name again. The, the <laughs> consultancy's sole employees. So anyway, so okay. Um, five servers. They've got five servers mining these Litecoin currency. And his fund has around 5% of the portfolio in Litecoin with the remaining 95% in traditional stock. So houses and uh, traditional cash. How do you like that? Uh, yeah, I don't. Well, that's interesting. So that, that's not even just investing in Bitcoin or Litecoin, you know, like a commodity that, you know, I'll go and buy some and hold it and see if the price goes up, you know, a little bit like a, a normal stock or investment fund. Yeah. They're actually saying that they're actually mining it. So where you're investing your super, um, <laughs> they've got some room somewhere with uh, Frankenstein servers in there mining those mm. Bitcoins and Litecoins. So, so what the, yeah. you'd actually be able to see your super hard at work, wouldn't you, in, in some <laughs> – in some backyard room, um, mining, uh, mining coins. But I tell you, it's all it's all going off, isn't it? Like these light coins, like, oh, oh, you know, like I think we had a discussion the other week about uh, bitcoins. I'm not sure if yeah, I think last week around that, and mm. where we spoke about where they create these algorithms, there's only a certain number of currency, a certain amount of currency that gets created, mm. and what they do if it's being created too quickly, they make the complexity of it harder, so the computations um, are more difficult to, uh, or you need to do more of them to yeah. actually generate a, a, a coin. What Litecoin is, Litecoin's easier than Bitcoin to mine. So where we said like last you know week that pretty much you spend more on electricity than what you're going to make in, <laughs> in Bitcoin. Yes. With Litecoin, there was some... Maybe some way of making a, a a profit up until maybe a few months ago, but uh, the price of both has been um, um, dropping, and I think now we're looking around seventy dollars for Bitcoin. Yeah, Litecoin just over two two dollars. Mm. Um, you know where you're uh, burning all this uh, you know power to actually generate the stuff. Um, um, you know to. It's gonna, it, it, yeah. Just the value uh, isn't there. Look, it's going to be a long time before this stuff's worth anything, uh, like or, or before it becomes like mainstream. Like I don't know if you guys remember, like the barter card. You know that was supposed to be the new generation of doing business, and you got barter dollars, and you had to shop at a, another barter dollars accepting store. You know, but I haven't seen that taken off. I don't I haven't really seen barter card around at all lately. So I don't know. I think they're still going, but you know, it's a bit. It's a bit like IOUs, really, wasn't it? Well, yeah, that's right. You know, um, but apparently the ATO—they're onto it. The Bitcoin is no more anonymous than physical cash, and the ATO has experience in working with earlier forms of anonymous electronic money systems, and with physical cash, which are relevant for responding to new and emerging systems. The ATO has said has told the Financial Review. So they, that, I don't know how they're going to get onto that sort of stuff. They can't even follow up Paul Hogan properly, you know. Or, you know, like, <laughs> I can't see what's going on. But he, he was, he, yeah. I don't think he was doing anything wrong. Good on you, Paul. I'm, I'm glad he won. Um, he might be a fan of bitcoins too. He might be. That might a new be investment. <laughs> he might... Get into those bitcoin folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Shane. You got any more stories? Anything else going yeah, on I, over there? I do. Um, 
following on kind of from what we were talking about about things you know going up and down in price i'll do my story about where samsung isn't alone hd profits profits take a huge dive troubled smartphone vendor hdc has released the latest unaudited quarterly results and they're not good profits are down 83 percent when compared with the same period last year um, in the second quarter of 2013, HDC reported profits of 1.25 billion new Taiwan dollars, 41.6 million um, Australian dollars, I think that is, down from uh, uh, new Taiwan dollars of 7.4 billion uh, the year before, and well below analysts' analysts pessimistic expectations. Oh, things are be- going tough out there, aren't they? It's getting tougher and tougher. Yeah. Revenues fell 22%. Hmm. Um, yeah, so things are not good for HTC. No, and you just bought a phone. You're supporting them. Good work. Yeah, well, I'm not actually that happy with it, to be honest. <laughs> they're, still, they're still doing better than BlackBerry. <laughs> Look, oh, I've got a story about that. Hang on, let me find it. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Now, I'll find the right graphic as well. Uh, micro, uh, Windows Phone. How's this? Windows Phone gaining on Android and uh, iOS. We we gaining. <laughs> well, yes, because they they were uh, what fourth, but now they're third. They're number four. They're number number three. But read out the percentages, Glenn. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm getting there. Yes. Oh, I know that makes it sound pretty uh, pretty uh, big, doesn't? Oh, number three. <laughs> but you wait. Um, we are now officially the third mobile ecosystem at Microsoft. Uh, in a keynote on Monday in their, at their Worldwide Partner Conference in Houston. Uh, for the, for the three-month period from March to May, Android, Android encountered, accounted for 52% of smartphone sales compared to 41.9% for iOS and 4.6% for the Windows Phone. So Windows are happy because now they're number three, knocking off BlackBerry. <laughs> Which wasn't too hard, was it? Oh, poor BlackBerry. Microsoft passed BlackBerry for the uh, number three spot in global smartphone market shipments in the first quarter for the first time by a margin of 3.2% uh, Windows phone to BlackBerry's 2.9%. So, um, yeah, interesting, though, the top end, I think, Android 52% and uh, iOS 419 I think... Uh, Maybe that's hence why Apple is bringing out cheaper iPhones. Maybe, maybe. Yes. Does that up, does that add up to one hundred fifty one? Oh no, uh, was it forty fifty two forty one? But there's probably other little fellas out there as well. It's probably not. You know, there's probably I don't know. What, what are Nokia doing these days? Yeah, they're probably it's making not much. <laughs> yeah, but they're pushing with the the Windows phone, aren't they? They're Nokia Lumias and stuff. Is that what they're... Yeah, at that, for the smartphone, yeah. But I think they're still selling candy bar type phones out there with, I don't know what right. operating system that, that runs on there, you know, like the feature phone type things, if people mm. are still buying those. Yeah, Symbian, I think it was cool. What, what do you guys reckon is going to happen to BlackBerry? I mean, they are actually losing money. Their hardware they came out was okay, but it was really... A me too. You know, there was nothing mm. innovative mm. Uh, about it. It's they're not getting any greater market share. That they're obviously lo- losing market share there. Yeah, where they did have the big dominance, you know, with the US, with government and defence, etc. 
Barnow authorizing or, or um, validating the use of iOS and Android de devices. So, so you know, potentially where BlackBerry is still selling stuff, you know, it's you mm. know, just, just diminished. Do they sell up shop or do they maybe concentrate on software where they've got the, um, you know, the uh, BlackBerry servers that, you know, enterprises have got that um, uh, do mail management turn into a maybe a mobile device management company? Yeah, look, I don't know if it, if it was my company, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I think, yeah, you know, like with iOS now becoming acceptable for uh, government, you know, as as security, like they they're able to secure it down satisfactorily to be used in government. I think that's where BlackBerry had the edge, so they're obviously losing that edge now as well. Look, I don't know. See, they've got their own operating system. Look, I've seen one of those BlackBerry 10s. I didn't mind it. I thought it was nice and sleek and, you know, it worked okay. It was snappy. I, I, I liked it, but I wouldn't buy it because what, what what apps can you get on it, you know, and what's the future? You think when, when you're going to – when you look at it, you go, well, what's the future of this thing? Uh, maybe they need more phone brands to come on board with their operating system or maybe they just drop it and really secure down a, a – uh, I don't know an Android version. I don't know. That's uh, yeah. I um I heard on one of the other podcasts that um is actually on the on the Shoutcast Radio thing that HP are entering or re-entering the um smartphone market. Oh, good Palm Pilot. They can reintroduce. Yeah. That. <laughs> well, they killed that off, didn't they? Right. Didn't it become a operating system for photocopiers and printers? It, oh. it was not. It was a nice operating system. It, it just came far too late for. Uh, for Palm, mm. yeah, it may yeah. be a little bit like BlackBerry. Unfortunately, it might be the same thing. It's just too little, too late. Yeah, what would you, Jace, if, if BlackBerry was under your control? What do you, what would you? Where would you steer it? Do you think sell it to Google? They, they probably <laughs> don't want it. Well, it's it's a public company, so I mean that, that they're accountable. You know, they have to responsibly, uh, uh, you know, ensure some return for uh, uh, shareholders, and if you know. They can't demonstrate, you know, they can do it in, in hardware uh, or certainly the path they're down at the moment. Maybe it is, look, we can make good hardware, um, but maybe it is using Android to try to generate more market share and become a hardware mm. manufacturer. Look, and, and maybe they're getting combined with, um, was it BlackBerry Messenger Service uh, and BlackBerry Enterprise Service around some secure email gateway, management gateway for, for, for companies and enterprise. So they might have a unique product there from a software perspective that they can sell. So maybe they just need to get into some mm. niche markets because you can't keep losing money every no, quarter. That's just not going to be acceptable. But I think also that another detractor for them as a business is all this, you know, BYOD thing that's going on. People aren't people don't want probably don't want two phones, so therefore why not? If you've got an organisation, why not just? Uh, pe most people have got Android or Apple, so why not just develop an app for one of those and let them bring their own device? So yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they should do two versions, but then you know you, you're splitting. You got to do everything twice. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure they'll sort it out. Um, hopefully. Okay, Microsoft says app bugs to be fixed within 180 days. So sticking with the mobile uh, genre of, of, of stories, Microsoft said that it will require developers to fix security vulnerabilities in their apps 
and it will enable Microsoft to remove an app from sale if the developer does not provide an effective fix. So if there's uh, problems, bugs, or uh, whatever in your Microsoft app, they're going to say you've got 180 days to fix it or it's off. We'll get out. Uh, there will be situations. Is there, is there is there not a saying there of maybe pot calling kettle black around? <laughs> um, are Microsoft going to do the same thing with their software that they, they require developers to do in yeah. their um, apps? No. Well, that was the big thing, wasn't it? With uh, with Windows, remember, it was always, and especially in that movie, I think Silicon what was it not Silicon. That movie. Pirates of Silicon yeah, Valley. That's the one. Yeah, wasn't it like oh, um, they said to Bill, you know, oh, Windows isn't ready. And he goes, I don't care, put it out anyway. He says, we'll worry about fixing up the bugs later. And I think that still rings true till today. <laughs> For every version. <laughs> That's right. Microsoft said oh, that... Look, to be, to be fair, se- se- 7 and 8 are, are, are pretty good. And look, we're not seeing what we're used to, you know, no. with all Steve Gibson um, ranting and raving every <laughs> every week around Microsoft conspiracies and bugs, yeah. et, et cetera. I mean, it's, um, it's a lot more mature and... Uh, um, and, and stable, as you would hope for the dominant operating mm. system out there. Poor old Steve, he's lost one one strand of hair for every hoax and bug and fix. <laughs> so, yeah, he hasn't got much. Uh, look, he's, he's very passionate and uh, he's, a, he's a good guy to listen to. He's uh, oh, oh, certainly yeah. very passionate about security and uh, yes. um, look, at it, it's a good podcast that he yeah. does. Yeah, if you want to, it's uh, Security Now from the Twit Network. And it's, uh, it is, it's good. I, I learn heaps, heaps and heaps. Uh, he's very knowledgeable. I use his products, Binrite. I use his other ones, free free products on his uh, grc.com website, the Shields Up. It's, he's, he's, he's very, very smart. If you want to know about security, how to secure your, your internet and all that sort of stuff, your computer, check, yeah, uh, what was it? What did I say? grc.com, something like that. .com. And, yeah. the, and the decombobulator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So Microsoft said that this is a new effort, blah, blah, blah. To date, no apps have come close to exceeding the 180-day deadline. However, Microsoft may make exceptions, such as when issues affect multiple developers or are architectural in nature. So, which means them. It's Microsoft's problem <laughs> to do with the base operating system. That's right. Where, where such it's an API problem. <laughs> <laughs> or where such action is prohibited by law. So, yeah, we'll be due. And uh, I think one of my last stories on mobiles this week is Vodafone is uh, releasing or ramping up its 4G rollout. The network was switched on today for new customers across Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth in addition to the regional spots of Wollongong, the Goldie and Newcastle. Last month, the network was switched on for existing Vodafone customers in select pockets of these locations. Now, apparently, uh, they've got this uh, two, was it two, 20 megahertz spectrum. And uh, this means the company was able to offer among the fastest speeds available across Australia. But, you know, wait till uh, the network gets clogged and you'll, that they'll, they'll soon go down. But Vodafone is currently the only carrier that has this spectrum band in all five major mainland state capital cities. Oh, yeah, so um, so they're really trying to, they're pumping the money in, they're pumping infrastructure in, because they've been losing customers and money hand over fist, I think, for the last couple of years. So, you know, they're really trying to do, do the do the right thing, really pump up their uh, infrastructure. So good on them, good on them. All right, yeah, I think after that debacle with three a couple of years ago, they've, they've picked up their game. You know, as you say, they've been investing a lot of money in there and really... I guess anecdotally what I hear around the place now is, you know, um, uh, Vodafone's a lot better um, th- mm. than it was. Yeah. A lot of 
of those problems have gone away. And look, really, I'd say over recent times, you know, where Telstra has always, you know, would still be the and still is the, do, the dominant and got the best service there. Optus mm. and Vodafone re- really aren't t- too bad now from, you know, f- friends and colleagues I know that um, are on Optus and Vodafone. So mm. uh, it's good sure. to have some com- competition oh, for out sure. there. Um, are, are you guys all with Telstra? I am. Shane? Yeah, I am. Shane? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I think I, yeah. I went from Telstra. I was with Virgin, which which uh, hung off Optus. Is Optus, yeah. I was getting really, really I just wasn't happy. Just really wasn't happy with the whole deal with my Samsung phone and the Virgin. Uh, I just just really hated it. Like, as I numerous times, I think I've said, I was in the middle of Brisbane, no service. The phone wouldn't do anything. I was trying to look for a train station. I wouldn't even load Google Maps and, you know, it was just, I was getting, I did a speed test in the centre of Brisbane. I was getting like 0.1 down, 0.1 up or 0.01 up or something. It was just retarded. So um, I let it the, go. The <laughs> thing I found, because um, even, as you said, like especially at the uh, footy and cricket and that, when you're you know, at a large uh, event, you know, even with Telstra, uh, data was, um, um, was bad. It was hard to do anything. Mm. I, I found since I went to the iPhone 5 and was using LTE, that was a lot better. Um, you know, maybe presumably a lot, a lot of people are still on... Uh, 3G hmm. um, as opposed to LTE. Um, but one thing, I, funny thing I did find is when I did have the iPhone 4S and was using 3G, if I actually turned off 3G and went back to Edge, I would actually get data working where I wouldn't get it working with, with, with 3G. So yes. um, yeah. Yeah. that's always um, maybe a, a one, one to try as well to actually uh, change, um, hmm. uh, change down or change to a different um, um, uh, you know, yeah, frequency or, or, yeah. or data connection. Yeah, so that doesn't the iPhone. Well, mine changes down as it as it needs to. I think, like, because uh, on, on the I was go, I went to Brisbane today on the train, and I know that there's black spots along the along the way, and uh, sometimes you look at your phone, it's just got the little e up there, and I thought, yeah, so it must just pull back as as the service drops out. Yeah, but, but yeah. It, but one thing that I know, that I, I sort of a bit more prepared for this time was, did you know, like, I left my phone on, for, uh, the, I left the phone on for the whole trip back from Brisbane to the Gold Coast, which is probably, I think it was an hour 20 all up. And do you know it used like 40 to 50% of its battery? because, And I'm putting it down to these dead spots because it's obviously really, you know, cranking up the power trying to receive a signal and to the point where I, where I had the foresight this time when I was going up I actually turned the I put into airplane mode because I knew I'd lose oh, so, yeah. mu- so much uh, uh, battery yeah so um so that's something to to remember I suppose all right uh anyone else got any more stories for this week I haven't got a story but while we're talking about um yeah the internet and speeds and that kind of stuff did everyone see the um Malcolm Turnbull and what's his name? Albo on uh, uh, what's it called? Q and A. Q and A. No, no. But now that you've told me that they're on there, I will probably watch that via iView tomorrow. Yes. Was it good? Uh, I didn't actually see all of it, but um, one of the questions sort of start. One of the video questions started out by giving Malcolm yeah a bit of bit of stick about inventing the internet and all that kind of stuff. And he didn't actually deny it. <laughs> he didn't deny he invented it. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, he was, he was, 
probably not the inventor, but I think he was uh, a pioneer, maybe, or an early, uh, an early, early adopter. Well, adopter slash provider, or an early. He's there early in the. Uh, mix I think he was, in investor, he was an early investor in one of the. Um, yeah. In uh, was it Oz email or what? Yeah, one of the yeah. uh, early eyes. And I think that's where he made his fortune. So, um, and surprisingly enough, like I thought he might have been the richest politician in. In the country, like I think he sold that thing for something like fifty-seven million. But uh, surprisingly, and now this is obviously <laughs> this is not verified. This is only uh, spoken to me uh, from a man on the street. But apparently, old Rudd's worth about two hundred million. Well, he's you know his wife, and so therefore his him. wife. So that's yeah, Therese is yeah, yeah very successful um, businesswoman. Yeah, mm. so yeah, because she had to sell off some true. some business or company when uh, Rudd. Got into the prime ministership, I think, or was it too many conflicts of interest or something? Conflicts of interest, sure, yeah. Mm. Uh, one in five Aussies ditch landlines. I know I would not have one if I wasn't made to have one. Uh, almost a fifth of the 2012 population, or just over 3.3 million people, had replaced their fixed line home phones with mobiles by the end of last year. And this is according to the Australian Communication and Media Authority. Uh, we all got landlines. Yep. Yes. Yep. And got ADSL have to. Yes. So you 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 have to. Would you have a landline if you didn't have ADSL? No. No. Why don't you go naked? Because I can't get that here either. Oh, okay. we can't receive explicit tag on this podcast, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to stay family friendly. Oh, <laughs> it was only a small part. Uh, what do you have? <laughs> do you have a home phone, Jason? You don't want me to stand uh, up, do you? I'm doing the news or anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's quite okay. <laughs> yeah, I do, do have a landline still. So got that with the alarm system for the for the house. So that's sort of incorporated within there. Right. But also it's not really costing too much more where with Telstra Cable and mobile, you know, they bundle it all together. It's almost like they give it to you for free. Because they want you to keep it so they can mm. stop the numbers of landlines um, from but subsiding. It, so, but it's not really. You know, I'm not 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 paying. Yeah, I was just going to say it's not like when you say it's for free. I, I know they bundle it together, but if you don't have a landline, that bundles then thirty dollars dearer or something. And so you really it's the, the one six or one half dozen the other as far as I can see. I think with the one I'm on at the moment, it's effectively ten dollars a a month. Um, if I was to drop it and just go to just go to cable. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, I'd be doing that in the flash because I've I'm paying if I if I drop the landline, I've got to pay an extra like thirty dollars, which is the cost of the landline. So it's crazy. It's crazy. I I wouldn't have it. No, I'm a no. I would not have it. I'm made to have it. So. I'm um my monthly things I think it's ten bucks as well. I'm on the lowest monthly thing, but the highest calls. But I use um engine, an internet provider for my phone service in inverted commas. Well, why, why, what's this ten dollar thing? I've never heard of this ten dollar thing. Oh, it's oh, not ten dollar thing. Going to be in the name. What it is is when they do bundles. Sometimes Telstra put out uh, offers. So there's been ones where they'll bundle. Big Pond ADSL or cable with a landline, with a mobile or mm. with Foxtel. And so the effective um, um, you know, price of each is is reduced. Um, 
So at the moment, oh, I think mine's it's either seventy-eight or eighty-eight dollars a month for yeah, big yes. pond cable and and landline. Yes. Um, and if I was just to go and get the cable on its own, you know, I think it's um, uh, you know seventy dollars or something like that. So okay, um, well, I might have know, I'd have to re look at that because I must be on the same. Then I'm on about eighty-eight a month, which includes the cable, the landline. And they chucked in a tea box, Woo-hoo. which isn't too bad, actually. Yeah, I got, I got something like that, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not available all the time, and hmm. it's worthwhile keeping a bit of a, a, an eye out. It is. Um, I don't think it's, there's, there's nothing too compelling there at the moment. I think I had to look the other um, week as to what offers they had because I'm on the 200 gig plan hmm. for cable, and I was looking at the 500 gig plan, but there's, other than paying a lot of money a month to bundle everything to, to, together, there wasn't really yeah. anything. Because we uh, compelling, we just use our phones for for calls, mobile phones, you know. Because we got you know what six hundred dollar call cap, which we don't even go anywhere near anyway. So we just use that. The only thing we use the landline four one three numbers, but you know you wouldn't we wouldn't do that if uh, we didn't have it. So it's not worth thirty bucks a month anyway. Uh, no. shopping trolley. Here we go. <laughs> nice tech story. <laughs> a shopping trolley has been ridden at seventy kilometers an hour. On a racetrack. Oh, hey. Yeah. A Devon, <laughs> a Devon man. Now, that's not a man made out of Devon. It's a man from Devon. Claims to have set a new record by riding a jet engine propelled, propelled shopping trolley down a track at 70 clicks. Mr. McCowan, who runs Plymouth Karting, this is in the UK, uh, stabilised the trolley by using go-kart wheels. Oh, the existing record was 67K. So this is a new record, although it's not official. Well, please. Okay, <laughs> so what's the problem? Uh, also, 3D printed metal. So we've all heard of uh, printing 3D with plastic. Now they're doing it with metal. Now it's starting to get interesting. A team at North Carolina State Uni used an alloy of two metals, gallium and indium that are liquid at room temperature, but form a skin when exposed to air. So how, how, how interesting does that sound? When printed, the shapes can be stretched without reverting to blobs. The technology could be used for microcircuits and wearable electronics. Hello, iWatch. Now, iWatch, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> now, make your own. Make your own at home. Oh, Apple's finished. I'll, I'll just print one out now. <laughs> That's right. The metal forms a very thin layer of oxide and because of it you can actually shape it into interesting shapes that would not be possible with normal liquids like water, says Michael Dickey, the lead author. He explained that printer that the printer used a syringe to stack the droplets on top of one another, so much probably like an inkjet printer. Uh, the droplets retained their shape without merging into a single big droplet, which allowed the scientists to then shape the metal. You guys ever seen a 3D printer? No, but they're becoming cheaper in, in yeah. price. I imagine uh, we'll we'll see more of them. You what can... I'm waiting for, though, is like in you know in the Jetsons where they, you go and get any food. Oh, I'm yeah. waiting for a printer that can uh, print out any food that you <laughs> you want. That that that's what I'm hanging out for. Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> Hamburgers. <laughs> Yeah, print, print me a pizza. Print me, yeah, print right. me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I think these the, you can get the one, the 3D printers that print plastic, and they're not – I think you get, like, homemade ones, you know, where, well, you know, the parts, and you build it. I don't think it's that expensive. And, look, I've seen a couple of these things in action, and they're brilliant. Like, 
it's just it's amazing. Like the thing, if you can imagine it, the the printhead sits on top. I'll show you this picture here again, but I'll try and explain it uh, verbally. The printhead is sits above the a flat plate. And then it, it builds this thing via droplets of plastic or metal from the bottom up. It's just, it's amazing. It's essentially layer by layer. It just, yeah, you know, it's it, amazing. It Look, you model a 3D, you have it on your uh, computer, um, hmm. and then, it, yeah, it, it effectively constructs it just um, um, layer by layer from, uh, <laughs> from from the bottom up, as you, as you say. <laughs> layer by layer by layer. That's right. That's so, it. So I've seen, uh, I've seen. Amazing. They've printed, a, I've seen a printed Dalek, you know, it's only a little tiny thing, but it's nevertheless, it had the Dalek bumps, it was a, a Dalek. Uh, we had a story earlier on about, you know, this, this clown in the US printing a gun, clown, and uh, apparently it fires and all this sort of stuff. So look, these things, the, the, uh, it's endless what is, what's going to happen with all these things. And I think this is my last story. Has anyone else got any... I'll, any stories before we wrap up with the last one? Oh, I've got I've got one last one. Um, do you guys use if this then that? Yes. Yep. So the yeah. So that's now uh, has launched a iPhone app. And oh, sweet. You can now, I guess, do your if that this then that on your iPhone. Um, so this the app can interact with the iPhone's photos contacts and reminders nice but I, I guess the limitation at the moment is obviously apple have limitations around what you can what you're allowed to access you know where apps can access other apps etc yeah so ifttt have hinted that this is only the uh um, beginning um that more features to take advantage of the hardware are more likely to or are likely to make their way into the app into the future so yeah. maybe that will be if other apps support this, uh, it will allow them to talk to each other and do more. So, so really at the moment, um, you know, what they've uh, said is you can have things around your photo. So for any new photo, new photo with the front camera, new photo with the rear camera, mm. um, you know, a reminder for any new reminder, new reminder added to list, et cetera. And for contacts, you can do the normal um, if this and that thing around it. Right. and Okay. Um, look, it's it's it, it, it's it's good. You can do some interesting things uh, um, with it, and some good for reminders and things like that around. Obviously, if certain conditions happen, that you can yeah. receive an email or an SMS or or, or, or a tweet. So, um, yeah. if, if people haven't had a look at it, it's worth um, it's worth having a little oh, bit of a for sure. Uh, a play with. Yeah, yeah. Like we, I was just going to say, we use it here. Uh, say it's like. It, it, it's, I don't know, it, it does stuff for you, so you don't have to do it. So, like, I've programmed it, which they call recipes, and so I've created this recipe that every Thursday night at 7.30, it'll send a message to Facebook and to my Twitter saying that, don't forget the live show is about to start and the address, and, and, and it just does it automatically. You know, you can set a schedule if you want to, but I just said for every Thursday night, 7.30, uh, Australian Eastern, until further notice, and it does it, and it's, it's great. It is. It's, it's really, really good. And I've heard of people using it with their home automation. So around uh, where you've got internet services, it can tell you sunrise and sunset. Uh, you may want to turn lights on and off and things like that. So yeah, right. You know, there's, there's a fair few possibilities um, um, mm. um, with the app. So it's almost 
Almost anything you can dream up, I guess. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like stuff like that. And Shane, did you have anything else uh, before we trundle off? Uh, let me have a squeeze. Ooh, where'd that come from? I don't know. No, I'm done. All right. Good stuff. Well, I've got one more. And my last story is the, and talking about the 3D printers, designers in Hong Kong from the company Ro, Robu, God, Robugtix have built the SpiderBot, a remote control robotic spider. It's created using the 3D printer and has 26 motors hidden inside. (laughs) Uh, The shoe-sized robot is even covered in fake spider skin. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Or added creep factor. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, 900 pounds if you want to buy one. So uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So how's that? It's created using a three D printer. Has twenty six motors hidden inside. That's wild. That's wild. I think you're gonna be, you know, you, instead of going to the shops, you're gonna go. Oh, I want a video camera. I'll just print one. I want a, I want a, something. I'll just print it. You know. See how we go. You think they would have made that spider black? Yeah. yeah anyway, I suppose it's just a little little white spider there. All right. Good <laughs> stuff. That brings us to the end of another show, the end of episode 349. I hope we get, we gave you some news that uh, tintillated your toes, <laughs> made them tingle <laughs> <laughs> with excitement. All right, uh, don't forget the show notes are on the aussietechheads.com.au forward slash podcast page. Don't forget to go and check out the uh, Aussie Tech Heads hosting what uh, plans from starting from five dollars ninety five, and uh, look the, the the business plan there. Unless you've got a real massive company going on, you, you know what's that nine ninety five? You're not going to really need much more than that. If you do, well, you can talk to me, and we can we can tailor a plan to suit your needs. We right. can do a deal. We can. We can. Uh, thanks to Brad and TechWebcast.info. He's got. Uh, he allows us to rebroadcast the show his show, Tech Webcast, before our show, live on every Thursday night, uh, just to get you into the groove, into the groove of it all. Hey, yeah. Uh, I do play the replay the Aussie Max Zone as well. So the Tech Night Thursday starts off at aussietechers.com.au forward slash live. Had it probably, depends on how long those shows go for, but if you tune in at 6 o'clock Eastern, you'll probably be sure to catch something uh, on, the, on the air. All right, I think that's about it. You want to catch us on the Twitter? I'm at Aussie Tech Heads. Jason there's at uh, Jason with a Y Wormsley. Shane is at Shane with a Y 1973. Will is still without a computer. Hopefully to be back <laughs> next week. He took his motherboard. We'll have to start a fun soon, I think. <laughs> he, he took <laughs> he took his motherboard back to the shop, and they tested it and said there's nothing wrong with it. He got it back home and then still wouldn't boot. <laughs> So I don't know. I told you. I said. I'm... I think what they need to do is get 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 a box where they can um, um, put those uh, tamper proof screws in there, so he can't uh, actually open it again <laughs> once it's working. So <laughs> look, I, I spoke to him today, and uh, I told him I've got this old P four. <laughs> I'm gonna take it <laughs> I, 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 I might I might cut the the screw heads off. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he can't fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good on you, Will. And uh, you'll you'll get there. You'll get there. And uh, Eric is uh, hopefully he was. He said he's going to come back on tonight, but he's uh, just got back from uh, from overseas, so he's probably too tired. Oh, so hopefully he will be back next week. Uh, you can email any of us at uh, whoever we are at aussietechheads.com.au and uh, email Jason there at jason at aussiemaxzone.com.au. All right, that's, that's, that's it. Good stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget, you can see the show on the video on youtube.com forward slash aussietechheads. Don't forget the Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash aussietechheads. And don't forget USB on the go competition. I think uh, I think this week just another another UTG cable. So tell us like the page. Tell us why you want a cable. Easy. And if you're one of the three that we pick out cables, we do three a week. So you've got three there. Uh, you want a cable? Do something about it. All right. Till next week. See you, boys. And uh, see you, Glenn. See you. Glenn. See you, Lounge. See you later. And see you, uh, see you all. Uh, good night. Uh, ta-da.